This podcast is brought to you by Scott Miller, the author of a new book entitled Management Mess to Leadership Success. Please listen to podcast number 728, where Scott and Greg discuss some of the 30 challenges that Scott has developed to assist leaders in spite of their humanness and the messes we make to become better leaders. A few of the challenges include demonstrating humility, thinking abundantly, listening first, and declaring your intent. The 30 challenges are divided into three sections, lead yourself, lead others, and get results. As Scott says, I'll be one of the first to admit that leadership isn't always rewarding. It can feel like a bottomless pit of problem solving in adult sitting. Leadership is exhausting, repetitive, and requires a consistent stretch of your emotional and intellectual skills. Please listen to podcast number 728 in this engaging discussion about some practical applications you can use to manage people and to do it more effectively by using some of the 30 challenges outlined in Scott's new book, Management Mess to Leadership Success. I know you will enjoy this engaging and informative podcast with author and EVP of Franklin Covey, Scott Miller. You can learn more about the book by visiting www.managementmess.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And uh, joining me from Beaumont, Texas is Damon West and Damon and John Gordon. John's been on the show several times before. Uh, I think his last interview, Damon, was on the Energy Bus book, but he has many books. Um, for you, you who are out there listening, we'll definitely uh, put links uh, to Damon's website as well as the Coffee Bean website. It's called the Coffee Bean Book uh, website, and um, we're going to be speaking with Damon this morning. Good day to you, Damon. How you doing? Good day, Greg. Thanks for having me on. I'm so grateful to be here, brother. Well, we're happy to have you on, and sorry about a few of the technical difficulties this morning, but we will certainly uh, give our audiences um, more information about this book. There'll be links to the book as well. And, you know, the way this came about, actually, and I was going to tell my listeners is uh, I received an email and it was a list of books that were being recommended. And this was from Mr. Holiday. Many people get um, his emails and I get them regularly because he's been on the show and he recommended the coffee bean. And he usually recommends books which have been out there for a while and are pretty stable, but he recommended the coffee bean. And so I wrote John, John's secretary put me in touch with Damon. And here we are. Let me tell you something, man. I have been blown away by John Gordon since the day he called me about a year ago, last August, Greg. And he called me out of the blue and he says, Damon, it's John Gordon. And, and my first thought was like, all right, so I'm a motivational speaker and and, and, and I haven't, I, at this point, I hadn't been published yet. The change agent hadn't even come out. It came out in March. So, but I'm a motivational speaker. I'm aware of who John Gordon is. Everybody in America is if they're in, into motivational speaking because John's one of the best, right? So, mm-hmm. but how does how does John know who Damon West is? And so when he says, "Hey, Damon, it's John Gordon," I'm like, first of all, how do you have my number? Second of all, how do you know who I am?" And he said, "Dabo Sweeney can't quit talking about you and this coffee bean message that you have." He said, "Damon, I looked you up and I read about your story. It's amazing." He said, the next book I write, I want to call it The Coffee Bean, and I want to write it with you. You got John to get you to write this book with him. And as you said, it's a very simple book, but I think sometimes these simpler books, Ken Blanchard books, uh, many of them uh, have a, a very poignant message that can be repeated. And that's what we're going to be talking about. But I'm going to let our listeners know a tad bit about you. 
because you have a, a really interesting background. And I think what's important about that is, you know, just, you know, who you are as a person. And that's why he chose you uh, to help write this book with him. Um, you know, Damon is a motivational speaker, as he said, and he's the author of The Change Agent, How a Former College Quarterback Sentenced to Life in Prison Transformed His World. And over the past few years, <clears throat> he's been sharing the coffee bean lesson with college football teams um, at Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas, and in countless schools and businesses. Uh, he's passionate about the coffee bean message and loves sharing it and how it can change the lives and then how it can change yours as well. And I will tell you, actually, I read this book uh, so quickly, and I've already shared your little message a couple of times. And that's pretty interesting because it's a great way to make a point. And I think that's what you do best with this coffee bean uh, fable. So let's let's start this out. Why don't you tell us just a bit about you? I mean, I told a little bit, you know, you were sentenced to uh, life in prison, right? And mm -hmm. as a result of your drug addiction and other things you do, but give our, our listeners a bit about your background because that is actually going to set the stage for this coffee bean story. Absolutely. So let's start the story off in a weird spot. Let's start off about 11 years ago, almost to the day, Greg. I'm, it's July 30th, 2008, and I'm sitting around this little rundown apartment in Dallas, Texas, and and it's a little, just a little dope house I'm living in. And I got my meth dealer, this guy named Tex, sitting next to me. And I'm sitting on this couch with Tex, and I'm passing this glass pipe with this meth in it back and forth. And I'm telling Tex, you know, Tex, I think the end is near, man. I think the cops are going to come get me. Because about 10 days before this, this guy I had been doing all these burglaries with in Dallas, uh, the, in the uptown neighborhood of Dallas, this guy named Dustin, uh, my co-conspirator, my partner in crime, he had just been picked up by the Dallas Police Department about 10 days before this. And so they're putting the screws to this guy. I know it's just a matter of time before they get to me. And just as I pass the pipe back to Texas that last time, I hear a window shatter off to my right. You know, it's And tumbling across my living room floor is this little canister going end over end. And it starts to register what's going on. And it's almost like a slow motion reel from a movie. And I get up off the couch and I, and I go over this, this thing on my floor and then, bam, it blows up right in my face. A flashbang grenade goes off. Bright white light, loud noise, blows me back on the couch. And when I came to, when I can see and hear again, there was a cop in full SWAT riot gear. And, I mean, and Greg, he's, he's got his boot on my chest and the barrel of a machine gun is digging in my eye socket. I can feel the barrel up against my eyeball. That barrel's cold, man. And the cop is screaming at me, don't move, don't move. And, man, I, and I remember looking up at him and blinking and like, man, don't worry. You know, don't worry. Man. I'm not going anywhere. And I could see a bunch of boots moving around on the floor. There's, there's law enforcement officers everywhere in my place. And I remember hearing one of them scream out, we got him. We got the Uptown Burglar. And, um, you know, the Uptown Burglar, that's the moniker I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. That's the name that I'll you – know, no matter what good I do, no matter what positivity I can put out there, no matter how much coffee I can make out of hot water in this world, I will never, ever live down the name of the Uptown Burger. That's the consequences of my decisions and my actions. And about a dozen other meth addicts than myself, young and old, male and female, black and white, and everything in between, because drugs and addiction do not discriminate. But we indiscriminately and without reservation broke into the homes of dozens of people in the Uptown neighborhood of Dallas and beyond and made victims out of a lot of people. And um, that's uh, that's when they took me to jail, and then and, and I sat around Dallas County Jail for ten months waiting to go to trial. And 
you know, at the end of 10 months, I was sentenced to 65 years in prison for organized crime. The jury deliberated for 10 minutes on my on my sentence. And, Greg, I don't know how much law and order you watch, but if a jury's gone for 10 minutes and you're sitting at the defense table, they smoked you. And uh, when I came, you know, when I got that sentence, that was a rock-bottom moment. And uh, I remember after the trial, they took me in this little room. They told me to wait, and my parents came in and spoke to me. They had one last visit with me, and they were on the other side of this bulletproof glass. And my dad is in stunned disbelief. Now, this is where we get into the background. My mom and dad, I don't come from a broken home. I don't come from a broken family. My parents, as a matter of fact, in June, just celebrated 51 years of marriage. So I come from a very good family. Um, My father was a sports writer for 50 years in Port Arthur, Texas. My mom was a school teacher and a nurse uh, for her career. And uh, my dad, for example, Greg, was the first sports writer in this part of Texas to put a black athlete on the front page of a, of a sports page. That was 1971. He's got a, a box of hate mail at home to prove what that decision was like, what taking the stand was like. And so I was raised with good people. And and I had all the uh, love and opportunity and support to be anything I wanted to be in this life. I mean, there was nothing I couldn't have done, and the support to, to get there was always uh, was always present. I have an older brother named Brandon, younger brother named Grayson. So we have a nice, neat little happy family, but we have issues, you know, and I was, you know, one of the issues that I talk about when I do my presentations, I was molested when I was nine by a babysitter. And and this went on for about a year and then told my parents and, you know, but by the time I was 10, I started putting in substances to change the way I felt. I was getting into my dad's beer, going to friends' house at liquor cabinets. I was smoking cigarettes, a lot of adult behavior type deals. Uh, by the time I was 12, I was smoking pot, I was doing drugs. But the worst thing, Greg, is I had a bad belief system, and this bad belief system told me that, man, all I'm doing is drink a little beer, smoke a little pot. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not even hurting myself. And and to couple that, I have this bad belief system, but I also have been blessed with this lightning bolt for a right arm, and I can throw a football really well. And, I, and matter of fact, I was a three-year starting quarterback in my hometown, a star quarterback, got a football scholarship to play Division One college football at the University of North Texas, went off to North Texas to play football, um, you know, really – kind of lost track of the important things in life when I got to college because all I really cared about was being starting quarterback and, and partying. And, you know, I did both really well. But when I was 20 years old, man, we took the field against Texas A&M one Saturday. It was September 14, 1996. I'll never forget. Beautiful Saturday afternoon in College Station, Texas. Take the field. By the third play of the game, I go down. I separated my shoulder on Kyle Field that day, and my college football career is over. And it was at that point in life that I started putting in more chemicals, more substances to – Changed the way I felt. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like the way I felt. I didn't like that all my dreams, in my mind, this is my mindset at the time, all my dreams were taken from me. I was mad at the world, mad at God, and I sort of put in the hardcore drugs, cocaine, ecstasy, pills, you name it. You know, I, I would put in the hardcore stuff. Somehow I graduate college in 1999. I move off to Washington, D.C. I get a job working in the United States Congress, Greg. I work for a Congress in Houston. I work in the Capitol building every day. After that job in 2004, a guy running for president of the United States named Dick Gephardt hired me to do his political fundraising all over the country. And when Dick dropped out of the race in 2004, I went back to Texas to train to be a stockbroker in Dallas for one of the biggest Wall Street banks in the world, UBS, United Bank of Switzerland. And it was at that job as a broker that I was introduced to meth for the first time. And, and this was a game changer for me. Greg, meth is the most easily the most addictive, most destructive, most powerful drug ever created by man it destroys everything it touches and it, it did me too and i 
And it took me no time to give up everything for that drug. And I went from working on Wall Street to living on the streets. And that's when I got in with a bunch of other meth addicts and started committing property crimes to obtain meth. Those And those burglaries went on for about three years, Greg. And mm-hmm. then, of course, on July 30th, 2008, the Dallas SWAT team put an end to that. And when also, I, and that they also that, put an end to your your career and everything. Of course, you'd ended that long before that by doing I, all the burglaries. Yeah, I gave that I gave that away. I gave all that away. And that's what addicts do. That's what and I'm I'm still an addict to this day. I, I talk about addiction all the time. I go to my meetings. Uh, I'll be in recovery the rest of my life because I have to have a program of recovery. Addicts need right. a program of recovery in order to be able to function in society. That's one of the well, things besides, we have to have. Damon, besides what you, you know you're saying there, uh it, it's interesting, I think, from a psychological standpoint, and you're a very bright man, I can tell. Um, what was it about you that you didn't like about you um that you went down this path and i mean and i'm not just saying the being molested right okay that's that's not a great thing but there's also other issues that you're dealing with right um yeah what what are some of those issues that you'd want to tell us and then let's move over into the into the fable here because the fable is a great great lesson for my listeners so let me just jump into where I got the coffee bean lesson from, and that's that's important for the fable, is when I was in county jail, my, my mom made me promise that I wouldn't get into any gangs. This is right before I go to prison, the last talk they had. She promised me, she's like, promise me you won't get into any gangs, so these white hate groups, these Aryan Brotherhood type gangs. You won't get any tattoos on you. She said, come back as the man we raised or don't come back at all. So I went back to my pod in county jail, and I'm asking all these seasoned convicts that have been to prison before, how am I going to survive prison? And they're all telling me the same thing. You have to get into a gang. You're going to the worst part of the prison because you got a life sentence. But there was this one guy, I mean, this older African-American guy, named, and I call him Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson, uh, he was in his 60s. He'd been to prison four or five times. He was a seasoned convict. And uh, he was real positive, though, Greg. He would come by and check on me all the time. And so this one morning he comes by, and he's, Telling me, you know, cheer up, man. You don't have to get into a gang. He said, it's going to be tougher to do it the way you're doing it. And then he gave me this analogy, this allegory, the coffee bean. He said, I want you to imagine prisons like a pot of boiling water. And anything we put in that pot of boiling water is going to be changed by the heat and the pressure inside that pot. And he said, I want to put three things in that pot of boiling water and watch how they change. A carrot, an egg, and a coffee bean. And so he said, the carrot goes into prison hard and becomes soft. He said, the prison beats it down. It gets beat he gets robbed. He may get raped. He may get killed. He said, you don't want to be the carrot. He said the egg goes in there, and he has his heart out of shell, so physically he's protected. But that soft liquid core that he has turns hard on the inside, too. He said his heart becomes hardened. He says if your heart becomes hardened, you are incapable of giving and receiving love. He said if you are incapable of giving and receiving love, you have become institutionalized. He said you cannot become the egg, but eggs are what you find more of in prison than anything else. He said with that coffee bean west. That coffee bean goes into that pot of boiling water and changes the pot of water to coffee. He said the coffee bean, the smallest of these three things, had the power to change the entire atmosphere inside that pot. He said if you were going to go into prison and come back out a better person, someone as your parents recognize, you will have to be like that coffee bean. You have to change your environment. And then so he's telling me the power of the change is within you, not on the outside of you. And so I took that with me through prison. And, you know, it didn't come with a manual or a how-to guide how to do it. So I had to figure out how to be a coffee bean in, in one of the most harshest environments on the planet. Prison, maximum security prison at that level is tough on any human being. This, by design, it's tough. It's a punishment. But I figured it out. And I figured it out with the help of God and a lot of other people around. I figured out how to be a coffee bean. 
and I applied those rules of being a coffee bean inside the Texas Department of Criminal Justice and on the outside when I got out. You know, on November 16, 2015, parole came knocking on my door, my cell door, and they said, hey, look, we're going to give you one shot. We're going to let you out. We're going to let you go. And the lady asked me, she said, if you could be remembered for being anything in this life, Mr. West, I want you to give it to me in just one word. And I fired back off, off at her immediately. I said, useful, ma'am. I just want to be useful. I said, I can be useful in prison. I can be useful out in the world. She said, I believe, you know, you can be useful in the world. You want to go out there and change lives and talk to kids and share your story. And, and she said, you should do that. But do not come back in handcuffs anywhere else in this country between now and 2073, or we'll keep you until 2073. And, you know, Greg, I'm on parole for the rest of my life. And so I have to go around in my life every single day with a with a a feeling of gratitude because I know what a bad day looks like. I, I tell people all the time, position determines perspective. And I, 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 I tell them all the time, uh, my worst day out here is better than my best day in prison. I have a lot of perspective in life, Greg. And well, I've taken that coffee bean message as far as I, everywhere I can. Well, and you're continue to do that because I know that with inside the prison for the seven years that you were there, that you literally had all kinds of time to think about this and the story that was given to you to, you know, look, you've a transformed person as a result of your faith in God, as a re result in a higher spirit, your own spirituality itself, and, and coming to a meeting in your own mind about what you have two roads to take in life, right? You can either take the high road or the low road. You chose the low road and you saw where it got you. You're choosing the high road now, and you see where that can get you. But on top of it, the not just the accolades, but the really the good things that you can do for people versus, like you said, you know, robbing somebody's house or taking more meth or doing whatever you did to get you where you are. So deep down inside, uh, Damon, what message do you have for our listeners who are out there? Because it's coffee bean fable. The way you tell it is really good. And then you you add on a few little stories as well. But what would you leave our listeners with with relation to, you know, the biggest lesson here that they need to take away from this little fable and this message that you've got? Absolutely. Great question. The biggest lesson to take away from this is that the power of change, the power is inside you. It's within you. It's not on the outside. Things on the outside can't force you to become who you are. It's what's inside of you. Greg, there's four things that you control in life. And when you understand the four things you control in life and work and focus on those four things, then you can really transform yourself and the world around you. Those four things are what you think, what you say, what you feel, and most importantly, everybody's going to see this, what you do. And those four things are within you. They're within your head. They're between your ears. And once you understand that those are the only four things you control in life, that everything else is controlled by God, and you need to let God do God's thing. I learned how to pray in prison, Greg, and it's the same prayer I pray today, and it's two-part prayer. It's real, real quick. It is literally the only prayer I've ever said since I was in prison. And it's God put in front of me what you need me to do today for you, and let me recognize it when I see it. Because the secret to life, Greg, the secret to life is serving others and being humble. And when we are out there being of service to others and helping other people achieve their goals in life and finding ways to put back into the stream of life, then we're really going to help ourselves too. And that's the way the universe works. So I would tell people all the time, 
that the power of change is inside you and be the change that you want to see in society. If you want to see something positive in society, if you're down because of stuff on social media or someone tweets something that upsets you and upsets the world, don't let that affect you. That has nothing to do with you. You be the change that you want to see. Well, I know for my listeners that, you know, you hear this message, but you don't always hear it wrapped with this wrapper, this story, with, with Damon's story. You know, um, you don't always get ex-convicts on my show here who are saying, hey, look, you know, here's what I learned while I was in prison. It's a very compelling story. Um, and I know that you're out there working with kids and you work with all kinds of kids in schools telling your story. Um, what do you tell those kids that are so impressionable sitting there in the bleachers? I've seen some of the pictures, um, as they're listening to you, what's the big takeaway, um, that you want to tell them? Because, you know, they've got a lot of space in between there to get themselves in trouble if they choose to. Mm -hmm. That we all have choices in life. And all choices have consequences. Some consequences are good, but most of the time we hear about consequences that are bad. And that everything that they're going to do in life is about a choice. And that includes with how they are going to be with the four things they control, but also who you hang around. I tell audiences, especially younger audiences all the time, if you show me who you hang out with, I can tell you who you are. I mean, I know exactly who you are with the crowd you keep, the company you keep. And so that's an important thing, too. You want to surround yourself with positive peers. I tell young audiences all the time, find the most positive people and, and get involved with those groups. Find the other coffee beans and also be that coffee bean because energy attracts like energy. So if you're negative all the time, you walk around with a frown on your face and you're miserable, you'll attract the same kind of miserable person, the same kind of negative person. But Greg, if you're positive all the time, you walk around with a smile on your face, no matter what's going on, especially on the days that you don't feel like smiling, then you will attract the same kind of person. But more importantly, you will change the environment around you. And I tell everybody everywhere I go, young or old, that the smallest person in the room can be a coffee bean because the, the smallest element in that analogy, that allegory, that fable, the smallest element of the three things was the coffee bean. But the coffee bean had the most impact. So it doesn't matter who you are or what place you think you have in society or this world or how big you are, you can be that coffee bean too. And I tell everybody everywhere I go, my call to action is the same call to action that Mr. Jackson gave to me before I got on that prison bus and left Dallas County Jail for that maximum security hell in Texas. He said, go out there west and go be that coffee bean. And so that's what I tell our audiences everywhere I go. Go out there and go be that coffee bean. Yep, you can change the environment. You can change the environment by the way you look at it and your perspective, and that's the message here. Um, you have the opportunity to do that versus letting the environment change you, which is the carrot and the egg. Uh, don't become hardened and don't become soft. Um, it's, right. about, it's about giving and receiving. Awesome talk with us and our listeners this morning. Damon, I want to thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth. We're going to put links to the Coffee Bean website. It's called uh, coffeebeanbook.com. That's coffeebeanbook.com. We'll also put links to Amazon where you can purchase a copy of this book. You can also purchase it off of that website as well. And if you order quantities of this book or want to go to uh, Damon West and he has a website, which you can learn more about him and to book him for a speaking engagement, 
It's damonwest.org, not .com, and we'll put a link to that website as well. Damon, thanks for so much for being on with uh, my audience this morning and sharing not only your personal story, but the coffee bean story and how important that message is. Thanks so much. For Greg, thank, th thank you for allowing me to be useful today. Thank you so much. And thank you to Wiley for all the help they've done and all the great people there with, with this book. Well, you're quite welcome. And uh, blessings to you, my friend, as you go around and share this message. Thank you, Greg.